to down to down to. Yeah. Miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. I don't it's a real world. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real one. I don't. It's a real one. I don't use it. Not in your Down to done. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of DailyThunder.com, CLNS Media, and also featured on Dash Radio, 5 o'clock Central Time. Uh, I've got to tell you about something before we talk about this Warriors game, and it's maybe just as exciting as that you can buy or sell a home with confidence whenever you choose Grady Carter of Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. Grady is a GRI designee, which means that he knows everything that you need to know about buying or selling a home. He wants to be your homeboy, and you can find him at homeboy.com, homeboy okay, on all social media platforms. Grady's just the man. He can help you do whatever you need to do when it comes to real estate. Uh, Grady is just a wonderful person and will absolutely be your friend and wants to be your homeboy. So check him out. I also have one more announcement. It's very exciting. Thursday night, Anthem Brewing. Podcast will start at 7. We're doing a live show. One, it's a The Thunder Beat the Warriors twice this season celebration. Number two, it's a uh, NBA trade deadline recap. And so if you want to hear about who the Thunder got, which I assume that they're going to get somebody of value on Thursday. We will talk all of that. We will break all that down. We will break down all the trades that happened. And we'll talk more about the Thunder being the Warriors because it's the best thing ever. So with me today, I've got my friend Alex Spears to break down the Warriors game. We're going to do this week in Thunder history, and then we're going to talk trades. So here is Alex. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex... Oh, Andrew! Can you believe this? What a blessed morning it is! <laughs> I, I mean, we should have expected this, right? Like this is what this is who they are. They just show up when they're supposed to, and then whenever they play the Kings and the Lakers and you know Charlotte and all these other teams, they just crap the bed. That's what they do. That's what this team does. And a lot of people say things like, "Well, you are who your record, what your record says you are," and I'm like. I don't really buy that with this team. I don't buy that at all. It's uh, and the biggest thing is just how much energy they play with. Yeah, like obviously Westbrook's always doing his thing, but man, the, when they when they play the Warriors, you know the old uh, like Sam Presti model of like length and athleticism. It's just like on full display. Yep, and it just feels like we're covering like every single inch of the floor. It just looks like a completely different team, and it didn't matter that Robertson wasn't there. It didn't matter that Carmelo Anthony only played like six minutes, which I, I, I secretly wonder. <laughs> Do you secretly wonder if that was the key, Andrew? Are you worried at all? <laughs> I would be more worried if this was the first time that they played. But Melo played yeah. really well the first time. And he did. really he played did. within himself, and he frustrated Draymond Green. So, like, last night... I don't know. Like Mello was going, he was post up Mello last night early on. He was 0 of 4 from the field <laughs> with one assist and a foul. 
And, you know, I it's hard to say. I do think that last night it was key to keep the ball in the hands of Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And, you know, they won by 20, so maybe maybe Melo you know, makes that a close game, but maybe not. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't want to draw like massive conclusions from this one game where Melo sits out, but I do think that it helped last night just because, uh, Paul and Russ just had it going and letting those two do their thing while everybody else is basically just playing defense and taking open shots. Uh, or if you're Josh Eustace, you're posting up Steph Curry and scoring on him. Did you see that? Did you see that happen? Hey, who's been saying that Josh Eustace should be the starter? Everyone. <laughs> All of Thunder Twitter, I feel like. And finally, finally, Billy listens to us. He never listens to us. Right. He's been ignoring us this whole time. We know he's reading our timelines. <laughs> yeah, it and Ferguson not playing was so key. And if you guys have listened to McKelly and I's podcast on Monday... 90% of it was us just talking about how terrible Terrence Ferguson has been. And you had, they had to take him out of the lineup. And Abrinas was really good last night. He played 24 minutes. He had uh, three threes. He had two steals. He played some really good defense. Uh, he only fouled five times in 24 minutes. Uh, he, I thought that he was great. I thought that Houston played probably his best game of the season. Uh, he was great on defense. He covered Clay Thompson really well. I was really worried about that. There were some times where, I mean, Clay is just running around all over the place. And you look at Josh and you can tell that he's pretty exhausted chasing him around. But I thought he did a good job. Uh, Adams was in foul trouble for most of the game. But I thought that he played some really key minutes. I, I loved the, in the third quarter, whenever they were just going to Steven in the post. And the Warriors were just cycling through every center on their roster to see if <laughs> any of them could stop him. And nobody could, uh, which was just fantastic. Yeah, he was a beast. And the announcers yeah. were knowing, noticing it, too. Because yeah. it was just like play after play. Whether it was like getting a rebound or or having like a great offensive play, like he was just dominant. And his line is like, you know, 14 and 10. But watching the game, he just had such a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I mean, he along with, I mean, Paul George. I mean, he just, he was so amazing. That crossover Step back, step three, back, yeah. contested, just so smooth on Kevin Durant. It, I, I was just going crazy. It was just amazing. He was so, so good. He was so smooth. He had that three where Draymond was coming out to contest, and he just sidestepped and let Draymond fly by him, and he just coolly just drained that three. He, he was incredible. He had that huge dunk on Zaza. His defense. He had six steals last night, and probably like. 15 deflections on that's not a real stat but he felt like he got every single ball like you couldn't you couldn't throw the ball over to his side of the court basically because he was figuring out ways to get it he was he was absolutely phenomenal uh and then russell i i thought that russell was so focused and made almost every single correct read he set a screen for Paul George to the basket, and I just about fell over. Like I just could not <laughs> believe that he did that. Uh, he was great on defense. He was making all of his shots. He hit a big three in the first half. Thirty-four points, nine assists, nine rebounds, 
only four turnovers, which is great. The Thunder only had 12 turnovers total to the Warriors, 25. The Warriors were just really sloppy with the basketball. There were a lot of... There were a lot of turnovers that were caused by the Thunder being really long, like you like you mentioned earlier, and just disruptive. But then there were some unforced turnovers where they were just, I don't know if it's laziness or like cockiness or whatever it is, but uh, 25 times is way too much. The Warriors also only shot 28% from three, 8 of 28 from three. Uh, they didn't play a great game. Uh, but you also look, I mean, the Thunder definitely still have problems with their role players. And you kind of look at the Warriors, and I'm not saying that this is still not the title favorite. They still are. There's the heavy favorite for the NBA title still. But their role, they seem to have some problems with some of their role players. I don't think they know who they can play. I didn't think Andre Iguodala was very good last night. Uh, Omri Caspi has been hurt and hasn't been playing very well. David West was maybe the only real role player that I thought was any good last night. Zaza got absolutely destroyed. Uh, and then Dr- Draymond Green didn't have a great game last night either. He had some really nice passes, uh, but he got really frustrated with the Thunder. He, I don't know how he got hit in the mouth, but he did get hit in the mouth. Uh, must have been Russell's elbow because Russell it was, Russell it was uh, blood on his I, sleeve. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it was it was uh, Jeremy Grant actually. I was just watching oh, okay. the chat. And he hit him earlier in the game, and then I think uh, and then they fixed it up, and then Westbrook like reopened the wound. Mm. Okay, uh, it was so great, and he got a technical <laughs> foul. Eventually, got thrown out of the game when he threw the basketball toward a ref that wasn't looking at him. Uh, it was just everything that you could ask for as a Thunder fan getting <laughs> getting him thrown out of the game. You know, Clay and Steph really not having great games. I thought they played Steph Curry so well on both ends because they, I mean, they probably thought well, we're just going to hide him on Josh Hustis, who's going to stand in the corner and he's going to be able to rest. But whenever they tried to do that, like they made sure to get Josh involved and he made him pay for it, which was something that I just could not have anticipated. Uh, but they, yeah. they were just great. But the thing I like about Houston is he's just aggressive enough. Yeah. Um, unlike, you know, like when we were watching Terrence Ferguson or like Robertson in past years where they would kind of just stand in the corner and wouldn't really take charge. But there were a few times where Josh would get, the ball like at the three point line and especially that play against Steph Curry. But he, he was active. He was, he was confident. I mean, I don't know what else you can ask for based on what we have on this roster. Yeah. And that's the same in terms same, of that starting position. Yeah. And, and you talked about aggressiveness and it's the same with Jeremy Grant. Like Jeremy oh, he Grant, was great. Last he night. was really good. He's not the most skilled guy, but he has figured out ways to score around the basket and he's certainly a backup center, but a guy that you can put on wings. Like he guarded Clay Thompson at times, and he's. I thought that he was absolutely phenomenal last night. I'm looking at the box score on ESPN, yeah, and they have every all of his stats marked out, and I don't know why. Who? <laughs> Jeremy Grant. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's really weird. I'm having to go to Basketball Reference uh, to see it. Uh, 16 he, he points, a, three yeah. blocks, two assists. And four rebounds. That's that's maybe the most well-rounded Jeremy Grant stat line. The two assists is just like whoa. Like he made he made some pretty good reads too. He he was very impressive. And you know I I still think that the Thunder could benefit in some ways by getting a, a backup center like a like a Dwayne Dedman or somebody like that. But the way that Grant played last night, like I, maybe that's just not true at all. Roster looks fine to me, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
The San Francisco Stampede and the trade deadline. <laughs> we got all that we need. What do you more do you want? <laughs> and Abrinas, man. And he's probably the guy that's like they're they're most likely to move on from if they're gonna get something of value. Uh he showed last night that value. He showed why the Thunder have loved him, that showed why everybody believed him in the preseason. Uh I do think that he's been struggling with injuries. I do think that he's very much a confidence player. Uh, but he, man, he, he was really, really good last night on both ends. Maybe not really, really good. Maybe just good on both ends. Uh, but I just, I don't know. He, he played well. I do think the Thunder still need another guy and they could use a real starting two. Cause I don't know. I don't know that Josh's performance was like super sustainable and they still need a guy that if he's not an elite defender, uh, like, a like a Robertson or a Marcus Smart, like you need a guy that can knock down a three. And I just don't think that Josh is his, his three point confidence is definitely not there. He played inside the arc, uh, most of the night. So I, I still think that they'll go get somebody, but last night they certainly looked very good. And another guy that probably won't be mentioned a whole lot today because he didn't have a great stat line. Uh, but it's Patrick Patterson. He played 30 minutes last night. He came in whenever Carmelo went out and played great defense he switched well he's a great ball mover which i think that that first unit really needs i think that he helped out uh russ and paul george by getting them the ball um something that you know Melo wouldn't have done uh but i thought that he was really good i didn't i thought that everybody played well uh felton didn't have the greatest game but you know when your starters are playing that well when you have paul george and russ and adams playing that well you don't need everybody to have their best game yeah, and plus Paul George and Westbrook were kind of playing playoff minutes, and yeah. so you just don't need as much Felton. Yep. Yeah, that <laughs> I, I say like I can't believe they did that, but that's that's just this team. Like this team just continues to just lose to the stupid teams. Like they're they're probably losing or playing a very close game against the Lakers on Thursday. I mean, that's just the nature of this team. That's for but even reason. That's, that's who they are. But even for this team, this was unique because you were coming in on the four game losing streak and Robertson was out. And it really felt like we were back at the beginning of January where it's like, I, I just don't know if this team is going to win again. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't see they're They're never going to figure out this Robertson question. Yeah. And, and they finally tried something else. <laughs> yeah, you play a guy that's not a minus 25 points whenever he's out there in Terrence Ferguson. And, yeah, that seems to work. I just don't shout think out. they can play him. Yeah, shout out to lineup data. That's right. It's great. <laughs> it's available to all. <laughs> yeah, it. and there's rumors that he's off the table at the trade deadline. I saw that. I saw that. And... You know, you just don't know what to believe at this point. Like, that could be posturing. That could be, like, if they say he's off the table, then that, like, somehow increases his trade value, right? Like, oh, the Thunder aren't even willing to give him up. And then, like, suddenly they're willing to give him up in a trade for Avery Bradley. And they're like, oh, wow. Well, they're giving up Terrence Ferguson? Well, we got to take him. Who thought thought he was untouchable? I mean, it could be posturing. uh, But I do know the Thunder really like him. And... You know, right now, if you're choosing like for this season, obviously, I think you would choose Abrinas because I think that he can help you today. Uh, but I do think the Thunder have an eye on the future and think that they can get multiple guys, not not only via trade, but through the buyout market. I think they'll be really aggressive 
in both ways, and they'll bring in enough guys where they won't have to play Terrence if he's still on the roster. So it's I don't think you can play Terrence at all going forward. I think that we've seen that, and I think that that's okay because he's 19, and I, I still think he's going to be good. Uh, but that means that the Thunder have some work to do if, they, if they're going to want to keep him. Hey, but you can't say that uh, Billy didn't give it a shot. He sure did. <laughs> a nice uh, five games of just getting their butt kicked. Um, thinking big picture about the Warriors, because, you know, they're up to 13 losses. I think they're over under. They couldn't lose more than 15. It was like either 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it is kind of underrated. Like this team has now been to three straight finals. Yeah. So they've probably played, you know, close to 100 games for the last three years. And now they're coming up on the fourth year. And you look back at some of those, you know, famous dynasties like that fourth year is rough. I think I mean, this is the Cavs fourth year, too, right? Yes, that's right. And then I remember the Lakers fourth year. They did not win. Um, But, yeah, I'm just interested to see how this Warriors team does, because not that it gets boring, but just that it gets exhausting. Mm hmm having to like stay up yeah like all this time and you're getting you're getting the best version of whatever team you're playing night in night out too right and so yeah that it's that's a good point and you know guys like Draymond Green like he hasn't had a great season he's he was voted in as an all-star um by the coaches over Paul George over Paul George and I've heard it seems ludicrous I I just I don't I still think that that wasn't the greatest selection. I still think that Draymond Green is obviously very good. And, you know, the, I mean, the most likely scenario is that the Warriors go on to win the NBA title, um, despite him not having the greatest season. But you're, I think it's, I think it's a solid point that it is exhausting to keep this up year after year. And also, I mean, there's a, there's a chance now. I think that the Rockets are tied with them in the loss column now. Like, there's a chance that the Rockets, end up being the first seed again like we had mentioned several weeks ago yeah they both have 13 losses Hmm. and so there's a chance that the rockets end up the first seed because yeah the warriors have not looked like the warriors as of late and they may lose may drop a few more games here before uh the all-star break and may even lose a couple after that and that might be enough for the rockets to you know get that first seed and then kind of pave a way for the thunder to meet them in the Western conference finals. If they can, I think that the thunder need to go get a defender that can defend James Harden. And I think this might be totally wrong and off base, but I think maybe the thunder are better equipped to play with the warriors than they are the rockets, um, without Andre, just because Dre is so, so good on James and Harden. Like if you can shut down James Harden or have somebody that can play him like, robertson did then that gives you a a pretty good chance to win and without that i'm not really sure what that looks like yeah yeah it's been a weird season for the warriors i meant to bring this up when we were talking about you know the all-star selections they'd gotten four in because if you look at old teams that got four in they were always like the story of that season Mm -hmm. you know like when it was the hawks like everyone was talking about the hawks and it feels like this greatest team of all time which i think is possibly legitimate like they they weren't really the dominant story this season. Like people were talking about the Rockets or they're talking about the Celtics or the Raptors mm-hmm. or like the Cavs imploding or even Oklahoma City. And 
warriors have just kind of <laughs> been like doing their thing, but it hasn't, re- they haven't really like made their mark on the season, even though they're playing amazing. Yeah. They're not the dominant story. You think it's because people are bored with them? Cause like, what, what do you talk about? You know? Yeah, I think it, I think it probably is. There's nothing left to talk about. Oh, well, did you see that the Rockets have a better point differential than the Warriors? No, I did not. Ah, oh my. That's interesting. No. I still don't think the Rockets are better than the Warriors. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious, but that they're playing better, certainly. Yeah, it feels like with uh, the Rockets and the Thunder, and then who knows what the Spurs do, but there are more teams equipped to match up with the Warriors this year than there were last year. Yeah, yeah, no question. At least in the West. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's totally true. Yeah, the I Western Conference is stronger. As I mean, you just think about like the the teams that the Warriors had to play last year in the playoffs. Like they played like that Jazz team with Rudy Gobert and um and George Hill and they you know, they just played injured injury after injury through the playoffs and it was a pretty simple playoff series for them all the way up until the finals and they had just had way more juice than Cleveland did. Um, but we're going to see this Thunder team match up against these big time teams, you know, down the stretch here. They they're now 5 and 0 against what people consider to be the best teams uh, in the NBA and now they get to play the Golden State Warriors one more time uh, in Oklahoma City on April 3rd. And then that same week, they play Houston on that Saturday, 7.30 ABC game in Houston. And then they get Houston again March 6th. So we'll get to see... Oh, no, they play the Warriors again here this month. I forgot about that. On the 24th, they play on the road uh, in Golden State again. So uh, really interesting to see who they get in the the trade deadline and what their team looks like. And they're going to get a chance to kind of measure up against these teams a few times before uh, they get to the playoffs. And this team just seems built for the playoffs. That's they have, they seem to have that switch because obviously you don't just lose the Lakers at home on a Sunday afternoon game and then just destroy the Warriors, you know, in that same week. Like, I mean, that's just, that's just not a thing. Um, but here they are, and they're. It, it feels like they can flip that switch. Like it just feels like they can. Yeah, it almost makes me want them to play like the better team in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't want them to have, play like the Nuggets or something. I feel like it will be way too close. But if they <laughs> if they play like the Wolves or the Spurs, they'll like get up for it more. Yeah. <laughs> I just like don't trust this team at all. They need to be playing whatever the best team you have. No, can we just play the Warriors round yeah. one through four, please? That's what I was saying last night. Like, let's just lose to all these bad teams, and we'll just take the eighth seed, and let's just get it over with. Let's just do it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, and this is this is not going to happen. But if the Thunder fell to the eighth seed, which is entirely mm-hmm. possible with where their record is. Like they're within mm-hmm. one game now. They were if they lost last night, they were going to be tied in the lost column with um, like five through nine or six through nine or whatever it is. Everybody's has the same uh, loss record there. But if the Thunder did get the eighth seed and played the Warriors and beat them in the first round, mm-hmm. I mean that would and, just be ooh. it would be out of control. 
<laughs> and if we were all chanting, we believe. <laughs> oh, mm. yeah. Game game six. We get game six redemption in OKC, and we chant, we believe. <laughs> and the thunder, the thunder would never do this, but they should print shirts that say we believe. <laughs> that scenario happens. Uh, it doesn't seem likely, but that might be. If I could make one wish, that might be my wish. That they do that, and and then, I mean, obviously you'd want them to go into the finals. But if they lost in the conference finals to somebody, like you would still just be so happy <laughs> they beat the Warriors in the playoffs. Um, um, did you hear anything more on Carmelo? Is he is he okay? Uh, I think they're still evaluating him, and so he okay. he may not play against the Lakers. Which I don't know. Like the Thunder have power forwards; they have Patrick Patterson, Jeremy Grant. You know. Have, right, they have guys that that can play that spot. I don't, especially against a team like the Lakers. They may be they may be may be better suited to have just defenders at that spot um, than Melo because I they they just need to be able to defend, which is something they didn't do on Sunday. And you know the the two guys that had really been hurting this team over that four game losing streak were Terrence Ferguson and Carmelo Anthony. And they both didn't play last night, <laughs> and the Thunder were much better for it. And you know, Melo's going to have to give better effort on the defensive end, which he has. Like he's had good stretches where he's played good defense, but he's an older veteran. It's February. You know, I think come playoff time he'll be ready to go. But you know, right now he may be better off playing Patrick Patterson thirty minutes. Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested to see these next couple of games now that. It seems that Ferguson will not be in the starting lineup if oh. just that move alone is enough to swing it. Because I, I heard you talking to Michele, like having all of those minutes with your four best guys be negative minutes is like such a detriment yeah. <laughs> to your chance to win. Like, you, yeah, you can't do it. And so maybe, I, I'm just interested in seeing that one simple switch. And if they still don't play with a lot of energy, if they can just win just by not having Ferguson on the court. I mean, the numbers suggest that the answer they will. to the question is yes, they will be better and they will win. And they probably would have beaten the Lakers on Sunday had he not have played. And that is not an indictment on who he's going to be in his career, but it certainly is today. Like, he just can't play. And that's okay. He's 19. It's all right. I, yeah. He's... A, lot of, a lot of us can't do things when we're 19. And so it's it's fine. Let him develop. It's I I don't know that these minutes the minutes they were giving him were helping him anyways to develop into a player. <laughs> I mean you're losing all these games and you're the starting shooting guard and I, I just don't I don't think that they're really that helpful. I I'd rather him go to the D League and develop his floor game a little bit more and see if he can be you know somewhat of a primary or secondary ball handler and see if they can develop that more than you know losing games with the Thunder. I just don't think. I don't know if that helps him all that much. Yeah, it wasn't like he was getting all these shots when he was out there. Right. And he didn't move a whole lot and defensively he's had good he's had good games defensively. I thought he played really really well against Washington at home. I thought that that was his best game of the season, but he's had two or three stretches like that and had a bunch more where he's just not been any good. So let, let the let the kid develop. I wouldn't worry about it as a Thunder fan if they do keep him at the deadline and he sticks around. Uh, the Thunder believe in him, and if they develop him over the summertime, maybe next year he can get minutes off the bench, or certainly the year after, I think that you could look at Terrence Ferguson being a rotation player, but just not today. 
I'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. Go eat at the press. It's near downtown Oklahoma City in the Plaza District. Just a cool part of town. If you've never been there, you've got to go just to be in the Plaza District. But walk your way over to the press for dinner. Take a date. Take a group of people. Go watch a Thunder game. Go sit at the bar. Eat your full meal. It's just a great restaurant. I have to recommend the Buffalo Mac and Cheese again. Radiatory pasta. Buffalo chicken strips. Green onion. Blue cheese. Ranch drizzle. It's un. Believable. I'm serious. You've got to go get it. Or you can go for brunch. Everybody loves brunch. So obviously you do too. So go check out their brunch. It's absolutely delicious. And then if you're also looking for something a little lighter, you don't want something heavy, uh, their pressed Cobb salad. I've talked about the Cobb salad at Anchor Down. It's the same dudes making these salads. The pressed Cobb, unreal. Got to go check that out. Please support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at the press. Uh, Alex, let's yeah. move on to this week in Thunder history. Oh boy! Uh, <clears throat> on this week in Thunder history, we reminisce about a Thunder "What If." Oh, now, oh, yeah, oh no, yeah. Now at this point, the Thunder as a franchise have amassed an impressive collection of "What Ifs." What if they never traded Harden? What if the Tyson Chandler trade hadn't fallen through? What if Patrick Beverly doesn't run into Westbrook's knee? What if we replaced all the Storm Chasers with senior citizens? A bunch of what ifs for this franchise. And there's so many good what ifs, but today we talk about a Thunder what if that you may have forgotten, and which I definitely forgot and don't even know if I actually knew in the first place. So it comes to us from an article by Mike Baldwin. Written February 8th, 2009, the Thunder were playing the Sacramento Kings that night at home. Mm -hmm. And Mike wrote, Scott Brooks could have been coaching against the Thunder tonight in the Ford Center. Brooks was the runner-up for the Sacramento Kings vacancy two years ago. It It would have been the dream job for a local kid who grew up 50 miles south of Sacramento. Kings owners Joe and Gavin Maloof interviewed Brooks in June 2007 at the Palms, the Maloof's hotel in Las Vegas. They gushed about Brooks, but ended up choosing Reggie Theus, who was fired this season. (laughs) Literally like a year and a half later. Uh, Sacramento beat columnist Eileen Voison said Brooks not getting the King's job was a blessing in disguise. Listen to this. Scotty resembles the boy next door, the blonde surfer who so badly wanted to coach the Kings, Boyson said, but he caught a better wave. (laughs) Because as you know, Andrew, no one personifies California surf culture more than Scott Brooks. (laughs) Um, I I did not remember that at all. And it's so, I mean, it's more of like a Scott Brooks what if. (laughs) Yeah. Because... I went back and looked at that Sacramento Kings roster. This is like pre-Boogie. And this was like right at the end. This was uh, Francisco Garcia's like rookie season. Um, And so they did not have a lot of people like their best young player was Kevin Martin. I think he was in like his third season, but it was a bad roster. And no matter who their coach was going to be, it was going to be bad. And it could have very easily like been Scott Brooks's first and only NBA coaching gig, yeah, as it, as it was for Reggie Theus. Um, but I have a little trivia for you. Okay, I don't think you're going to be good at this, but I just want to see. <laughs> so, from 2006 to 2016, the Kings employed nine different coaches. Oh my gosh! How many do you think you can name? Can you name four? I already gave you one. 
Um, holy crap. Uh, let's see. You could probably get the more recent ones. My mind is so incredibly blank right now. Um, I don't know. You have to tell I'll, me. Give me. Uh, well, give me some Eric, names. Eric Musselman. Okay. Kenny Nat. Paul Westfall, Keith Smart, and then the great season was Mike Malone, Ty Corbin, and George Carl all in the same season. Ty Corbin, I was trying to remember. I had I'm looking at Ty Corbin's face in my mind, but I can't think of his name. And then Dave Yeager. Um, That's insane, man! What a like sliding doors career change that was. Like he goes from the Kings to this young team that has Durant, Harden, and Westbrook, and. I mean, that's why he has a job now with, with the Wizards. Oh, yeah. There's no chance if he didn't coach those good Thunder teams that he would get a shot at that Wizards job. There's it's no just – it's and it's crazy that the guy they hired, Reggie Theus, was gone like within a year and a half. Hey, Reggie Theus was on Hang Time, the TV show. Oh, really? Yeah, he was the coach on Hang Time. Wait, wait, wait what, what is – I'm thinking of uh, City Guys. <laughs> It's like a lot like City Guys, but with basketball. Hang time. Hang it together. You know? Wait, but I thought City Guys was about basketball, too. Uh, you can see what these guys... Be. I don't think it was a totally about... I think they may have had basketball in it, but Hang Time was totally a basketball sitcom where they were clearly playing in a fake gym, lowered goals... Like the court was like, I don't know, maybe maybe thirty feet in length, and it was just hilarious. Reggie Theus, the coach on Hang Time, and the coach for your Sacramento Kings back in the day. I think I've melded those two shows together in my brain. Yeah, they're very. I mean, they pretty much are the same. Just just give the city guys a basketball every every episode, and you have. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a pretty fun what if just just because I had forgotten it. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, uh, Alex, the trade deadline is tomorrow, two, two o'clock Central Time, and the Thunder are probably going to do something. And they've been in so many rumors. There's so many rumors, and we want to go through about every player that we've heard that could be available. For the Thunder, and we want to rate it on a scale of NBA conspiracy theories. So we're going from the most believable. So if we believe that this is actually possible, we will rate it a 2002 Western Conference Finals, Kings, Lakers, that it was fixed, totally fixed. Now, as a former Lakers fan, do you actually believe that? I mean, mean, looking back at it, I mean, it, it seems quite obvious. That it was. Because the, the detractors would say, hey, it was only game six. The Kings still had a game seven at home. But if you go I mean, back and watch the YouTube like mix of that game, <laughs> there's so many phantom calls. Yes. Well, and you know, I mean, I don't know. You, If you watch NBA series, it's, it's so tough if you lose that game six i mean the thunder did it and like who thought the thunder had a chance in game seven against the warriors like everybody talks about game six as the end of that series basically and so it felt the same you know that year it felt the same that once once the lakers won that game that that was it the the game seven was just a formality kind of thing so that's our most believable most believable second 
is that uh, Michael Jordan was forced to take a two-year retirement uh, because he was gambling too much. Mm. Uh, mm. Pretty believable. And then the last one, which we all really hope is true, but know in our hearts it's really not, is that in Game 1 of the 2008 NBA Finals that Paul Pierce did not have an injury. He just pooped himself. Yeah, and the reason why, obviously, yes, we all want to believe that because it would be really funny. But the reason why I don't believe it is because if you were like within like a 10-foot radius of someone who just pooped their pants, <laughs> I, I promise you'd be able to smell it. There have been some courtside stories about Paul, about Paul Pierce pooping his pants. Uh, Wait, really? I said there would be. Oh, okay. I thought you said there were. People, I gotta go. People step forward. <laughs> yeah, man. I well, I I've been when I used to live like in downtown downtown Portland, and I would walk through the city every day. I learned very quickly that you can tell the difference between dog and human. Oh, and it it is so obvious. And so I, I that's why I can't believe it. Somebody would have known. Somebody would have spoken up. Um. <laughs> But it is a good explanation as to why he was taken away in a wheelchair and then came back and was ready to play, like, not not too long after that. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I wonder if he just, like, gave himself, like, a chiropractic maneuver, like, somehow. And so it, something did pop, but it, like, wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And he, but he felt the pop and then thought it was really bad. And Yeah. He could have just been super pumped to be in the NBA Finals. He just got too pumped. <laughs> too pumped. Way too pumped. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go through some names. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me if this is an O2 Western Conference Finals, uh, Michael Jordan, a forced retirement, or a Paul Pierce pooper. Uh, Mo Harkless. So the there's rumors that the Thunder have been linked to Mo Harkless, who would probably it would have to involve either a Brinus and Ferguson and also a Kyle Singler, and then plus probably one or two second rounders. How much do you believe this? Wait, it would have to involve all three of those? Probably. Mm, then I'm giving that uh, Paul Poopin. Yeah. I, they just have no wing options, too. And yeah. if they think they're going to make the playoffs, like who's who are their wing defenders? Like Who plays on the wing for them? You're going to play Evan Turner you know, 35 minutes a game? I don't think they want to do that. So, yeah, I'll, I'm giving that a, a Paul Pierce Pooper, too. I like the idea of it. And if you could get him for you know a couple seconds and a small contract, but if you have to give up that much, it's just not worth it. Would you do a Brinus two seconds and singular for I, Mo Harkless? Yeah. See, I no, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think he's that good. No. Uh, next one, Alec Burks out of Utah. He's making ten million. It would be. Probably a similar deal, but I don't think that you'd have to give up the picks because I think that they would just love to get off his contract and then they could maybe stretch out Singler and see. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think that uh, Abrinas would be phenomenal in Utah. Um, yeah, and I so I ooh him and Rubio. Yeah, I like that. This is the Spanish Bros. Yeah. Um, I give that. The more I, I see, the more I um, think about this team, the more I'm convinced that if they make a trade, it's going to be primarily with their second round picks, kind of like the year when they traded for uh, Randy Foy <laughs> for two se- two seconds, because those were two yeah. late second picks back then too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I'll give this. I'll give this to MJ's gambling retirement. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, it's kind of believable. Um, yeah, but I, that still feels like a lot. I'm just not convinced that Alec Burks is like the answer to our our problems. Yeah, especially the way that uh, Alex has been playing over the past few games. Like you can, yeah. Like I like how much of an upgrade is he? I think that. And you also have the injury concerns too, and he's on a contract that I think he's got a year left after this one, and ten million bucks is is a lot for a guy. And if you know if he's going to be hurt, I mean that's he's he's definitely a gamble. But I I do think that he's maybe a slight upgrade over what Abrinas can bring on the defensive end, and then he's definitely more of a creator off the bounce than than Abrinas is. So I do think that he would help, um, but I don't think that it's as big of a jump as the Thunder would like to make. And I'm, I mean, I thought, like, theoretically, you could start Alec Burks or Alec Burke next to Russell, but I don't know if, I don't know if he can be just a spot up shooter and a defender because he's never really been that in his career. And so maybe that's, that could be too much of an ask for, for that. Yeah. And, uh, kind of big picture looking at like what the Thunder would want the most. I am way more attracted to the guys who are expirings, yeah. um, especially the ones who are restricted free agents because yeah. this team's obviously, if they came back next year, it would be a huge tax bill. So if you get an expiring, it gives you some more flexibility. And then if you get a restricted free agent, I really think that there's going to be some deals this summer with restricted free agency. Um, so whether you keep the person or not, I, I'd much rather have a restricted free agent because I think there's a better chance to get them undervalued this yeah, summer. I agree. Or you can get them to sign the qualifying offer, which oh yeah, be, that'd be awesome too. Be a great thing for the Thunder. Yeah. Um, this next guy is one of those guys, and his name mm-hmm. is Marcus Smart from the Marcus Smart. the Boston Celtics. I do too. Uh, it would have to be Abrinas two second rounders, you know, probably minimum. To get there, and they may demand a Terrence Ferguson. In which case, I would say you can have him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I, I mean, I'm irrational about Marcus Smart. The only thing I don't like about Marcus Smart is that if you brought him back next year, I know Billy would play some lineups with Robertson and Smart, and it would drive me crazy. <laughs> I know they'd be very good at defense, but I, I, I like the idea of Marcus Smart because. Coming off the bench next year, we're thinking about, mm-hmm. um, he actually has some playmaking ball handling capabilities. Yep. Um, yes, his shooting is an issue, but it's not like he's a total zero on offense. Um, yep. You don't have to relegate him to the world of Robertson where he's just cutting and doing stuff like that. Like He, he really could run the offense in very small spurts and you'd mm-hmm. feel pretty good about it. So I'm all in on Marcus Smart. And that's coming from an OU fan. I love Marcus Smart. He's my favorite OSU player of all time. I hate the rest of them. <laughs> But I love Marcus Smart. Dude, you don't like Mario Bogan? I don't remember Mario Bogan. <laughs> okay. uh, I agree. This would be, if I could choose any of these trades to happen, it would be Marcus Smart. Because he, could, he can start the rest of the season, and he's a guy that you can feel very confident playing defense against James Harden, and he could play against the Warriors. Um, if he can minimize what he does on the offensive end and just be a defender and a guy that's going to score in spots... Uh, I think that he's absolutely perfect um, for this team, and maybe maybe include like a Jeremy Grant in that deal because uh, I think Grant would be really good from in Boston. I feel like Brad Stevens would use him really well if you did like Jeremy Grant and Terrence Ferguson and two second rounders. Like, would you do that for Marcus Smart? 
Oh, now that sounds like a lot. It sounds like uh, a lot, but you're getting you're getting a guy that can come in and start, and maybe you can still have a chance to get a center on the buyout market, or you can get swing a deal for a Dwayne Dedman or somebody like that. Do you have to? Can you not just include Ferguson? Like to make the money work, do you have to include someone else? I think you do. I don't think you can just do Jeremy Grant. And I don't. I mean, would would the Celtics do that? I don't know. If the Celtics would do Jeremy Grant in two seconds for him. No, I know. I was saying like Ferguson in two seconds. If if that. Oh was. not. Oh, you mean not including Jeremy at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would definitely. I mean, I don't know. Would. I mean, I, you could do Houston. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Why are you saying? Why are you making that noise? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Yes, I, I guess I would do. It. I'm I'm still scared about doing any type of deal where it's like oh, that even two work. for one. Well, two for one, and then you can have because like Ferguson's out of the, Ferguson's out of the rotation, right? <laughs> all of a sudden, in 24 hours, all of a sudden he's gone, uh, and it's helpful. And then you can go there. There will be a lot of buyout candidates. And I think the Thunder will have a chance to get. Um, so yeah, I guess. I, I I mean I am in generally in favor of like making a all in move for this season. Yeah, which like the equivalent you know all in move is like Marcus Smart or Avery Bradley or whatever. Like it's not like a huge name, but um, so yes, I guess I am more willing to offer more. Um, okay, yeah, I'll you do. You can it, do fine. a Brinus in two seconds for Smart. I don't know if they do that. I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know either. I think that they would probably want Ferguson. Yeah. If you could keep Abrinas and get Marcus Smart and you'd have to mm. kill Ferguson, I think I think that makes a lot of sense, especially for this season and next season for this team. Yeah. Because I still don't know if, if Terrence will be ready next season. We know that if Abrinas is healthy, and that's been a question, like he's... I feel like he's had these ticky tack little injuries all season. And if he has that again, like that really hinders him. But if he's able to be healthy next season and you can go into next season and you have Marcus Smart and Alex Abrinas and you can probably bring back Jeremy Grant for not a lot of money, those are, and, and Patrick Patterson, if like that's your bench, like that sounds really good theoretically. And then you you can keep the same starting lineup and bring Dre back. Like that's a really really good team, good on both ends. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to deal Terrence Ferguson, and I get it. But if you can, I, I just feel like they need to choose one of Ferguson or Brainus to play for the next few years, or to keep, because I just don't I just don't think they fit together on the same roster as backups. And they've and they've had to choose between the two of them. They both flip flopped in the rotation. Like you just you can't carry both of them and get the right value out of them yeah and because ferguson is so young i mean it's not crazy to think that he's really not going to be a regular rotation player for like two to three years yeah that's entirely possible and he i mean his ceiling is definitely higher than an alex abrinas because he's more athletic and yeah i just i think that there's a chance that you know you look back at that and you're like wow like they dealt him for Marcus Smart, and then you know the Celtics look really smart again. Danny Ainge is you know, crowned king of the world, and it's like ah crap. But you know, for now, like I think Marcus Smart makes a ton of sense for for the Thunder, and I think that that giving him up makes some sense. Uh, go next, Pokes, go, go Pokes, Pisters firing, Orange Power, uh, Rodney Hood, 
out of Utah, restricted free agent. Uh, he is a is a wing. He's a, a two three. He can really shoot it. Uh, super inconsistent, but he and he's injury prone. But super talented wing. A guy that we would have loved to have over Mitch McGarry and could have had over Mitch McGarry a few years ago. But here we are again. Thunder rumored. Where where do we put him on this uh, on the rumor scale? Now, rumor scale is like we believe it could actually that it would be their primary target, or like just that it's well, just that it's a a possible deal that could be made tomorrow. I feel like yes, I would give that a a 2002 Western Conference Final rigging. Yeah, do we um, rank Marcus Smart? Do we give him one? We didn't give. I'll give him one. 2002 Western Conference Finals yeah, rigging. Yeah, I'll give them both a 02. Just because I think the the deals would work, and especially with Rodney Hood, because he's only making like two point something million, right? Yes. Let me pull up. Let me pull up the trade machine. I'm gonna take take myself to the trade machine. Um, yeah, he's not making much because he was like the 22nd or 23rd pick in the draft. Yeah, 2.3 million. And so you could, I mean, you would could you, come up with a deal pretty easily. Yeah. Would you trade Ferguson for him? Mm. He's, I would do it for smart, but I don't think that I would do it for Rodney Hood. Yeah. Healthy Rodney Hood. Healthy all the time, Rodney Hood. Healthy all the time, Rodney Hood. If we can get a guarantee <laughs> that he's going to be healthy. <laughs> I would do a They'll Brinus. put it in writing. I would do And then they would have to include another salary to make this work. It's like, I don't know if they would include Epayudo or like a yeah. young big, like Tony Bradley. But if you could do Epayudo, um, Rodney Hood for a Brinus and two seconds. Yeah, I don't know if they'll do that. Maybe maybe that one's less believable than I thought. I, I don't feel like we have the right combination. Because I kind of agree with you that Ferguson might be a little too much for Rodney Hood where he is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it came down to it and that was like the – like you, you basically can do that deal or you keep the team as it is. Like n- nothing else is available. What do you, what do, you do? <sighs> nothing else is available. Yeah. This I is your one opportunity. This is your only opportunity to upgrade the team. You'd have to do like Ferguson and one other contract. You could do Ferguson and Dakari okay. for Rodney Hood. Uh, I would probably do it just because you could maybe get him on a qualifying offer for the next for the next season. Uh, and Rodney Hood's going to help you a whole lot more over the next three or four years, which is where your run is really. Right. We don't know how long Russell Westbrook is going to be at this level. We don't know how long Paul George is going to be here. We certainly do know that Carmelo Anthony is on the tail end of his career. Uh, and so if you have a chance to get a Rodney Hood and maybe even lock him up for like a four-year $32 million contract or something like that, which I don't think that he would take, but maybe there's nothing else there. And maybe he says yes to that because he wants to be on a good team. Uh, then you're just better for it. And like Terrence Ferguson, there's still so many question marks. I think that he'll be good, but is he going to be good in time for this team to make a really good run? Uh, I don't know. And you have, there's tons of question marks with Rodney Hood too, because he's injury prone and he's inconsistent, but he has nights like the other night where I think he had 30 points on like 16 shots and the Thunder don't really have a guy like that off their bench. 
And so you bring back Dre and you have him coming off the bench as your like six man score. I mean, that's really, really valuable to this team. And if you can keep Alex Abrinas too, who's going to still be your floor spacer, you know, like I've said, I think you should choose between Alex Abrinas and Ferguson. And if you do get to keep Abrinas, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I think that he's a good player and he showed that last night and he's a guy that can come in and play spot minutes with the starters and a guy that can certainly come off the bench. And if you have two guys that can come off the bench and really shoot it, that's a really nice thing to have. And maybe uh, Rodney Hood will have like kind of a maybe not as good as Bradley Beal, but you know Bradley Beal had a ton of injuries young in his career, yeah, because um, he just hadn't grown into his bones yet, right? And now he seems to be fine. So Grew maybe into his bones. <laughs> maybe you, actually, I'm looking at his at Rodney Hood stats now. I'm I'm all in. I'm I'm all in now. Yeah, I mean, I, he would definitely be a huge upgrade. Like, honestly, any of these guys, I was talking to John Hamm yesterday, and I was like, which of these guys, you know, would help the Thunder the most? And he said, yes. Yeah. And like, all these guys would help OKC. Uh, next one, Lou Williams. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give this to Paul Pierce. Pooper. Paul Poop, because they're negotiating an extension, apparently. Oh, my gosh. What the, what are they doing? That's, a, I mean, he's really good. He's, what is he, 32? I mean, it's just, uh, it's just such a weird time for a team to finally commit to Lou Williams. Yeah, I I really thought the Clippers were going to do like a a rebuild. Or yeah. I thought it, it was a, a greater possibility, but uh, apparently not. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to Avery Bradley, who has been linked to the Thunder, and every Thunder fan would just love for this to happen. Uh, where would you put him on the rumor scale, and then we can talk a little bit about him? I feel like he is the I would put him the most 2002 Western Conference final rigging. Yeah. Um, Mainly because of the team he's coming from, especially if they're signing Lou Williams to an extension. um, I could see them wanting to get off of Avery Bradley's future deal, um, not wanting to pay him this summer and seeing if they can just get something for him now. Yeah. Although, I don't know, maybe signing Lou Williams to extension signals that they like want to bring Avery back and have like a better team. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. I, think I don't I can't figure out the Clippers. They, I know because they still may not be able to bring DeAndre back if they keep him. Right. That's I mean, true. He may yeah. he may go somewhere else. Um, the thing that makes me think that this is a 2002 Western Conference Finals conspiracy is that Michael Winger uh is on with the Clippers and Sam has done a lot of deals in the past with former Thunder execs and so I think the Thunder kind of have an inside track there uh to get an Avery Bradley I don't think they're going to get a first rounder for him if the Thunder offer two seconds let's see let's go to the trade machine and and see what kind of packages they could send I think that it starts with the two second rounders I think that that would entice the Clippers uh, you do Alex Abrinas, um, and then you still need about three million bucks to get there. Oh, jeez. Uh, not not much. Okay, you could do Alex Abrinas and Jeremy Grant for Avery Bradley, or you could throw you could do Alex Abrinas and Josh Hustis for Avery Bradley. Hmm. And the two second rounders. Yeah, both of those would work. Avery Bradley would slide in at the starting shooting guard. He's not as good of a defender as a guy like Marcus Smart. 
but he's certainly more well-rounded. He can shoot the ball. He can handle. Uh, he's a guy that if, you know, I don't think that he sticks around after this season, but if somehow he does and says, you know, I'll do a one-year, you know, full mid-level exception for the Thunder, which would be a, close to what he's making right now um, in the $8 million range, and just says, one, give me just one year, and let me see if I can build some value with the Thunder. And he is the Thunder six man, kind of in the same, like we talked about Rodney Hood, and you bring back Robertson, and he's your sixth guy. Like, that's that's pretty darn good. Uh, he's had a bad season. He's had domestic violence uh, charges against him. He's not played well in Detroit at all. Um, but still, you have to think that he he's not that far removed from being good with the Celtics. And he just, I don't think that he's going to continue to be terrible and maybe in a better environment uh, than Detroit, that maybe he can shine a little bit and maybe even build his value through the playoffs. Maybe the Thunder do make a Western Conference Finals run and you know lose in six games to the Warriors and Avery Bradley's a huge part of that. And there's some team out there with cap space that says, wow, like we'll take him. You know, that's it's still, to me, probably worth Alex and Josh Hustis to do that um so how would you rank those three main targets in terms of who you'd want the most smart hood and bradley assuming that you're basically giving up the the same thing each time knowing that you might have to give up ferguson in one of those deals Mm -hmm. i would probably say marcus smart number one because you can control his deal and i think he really helps now and for next season uh, Avery Bradley, too, because I think he clearly fills that sh- starting shooting guard spot uh, and can play on both ends and isn't injured all the time. And then Rodney Hood, three, just because of the injury concerns and the defensive issues with him. Um, but uh, all three would clearly be an upgrade um, over what the Thunder have now, even though they all looked spectacular <laughs> last night. Yeah. And it's it's funny how, you know, looking at the Thunder's assets, it doesn't really feel like they have a lot. But you listen, I don't know if you listen to the Woj pod, mm-hmm. um, but other people have been saying this too, is that it's a, it is a buyer's market right now. Yeah. And there's plenty of guys, you know, whether it's Tyreek Evans, um, used to be Lou Williams, all these guys like Hood, Smart, who are available and they're out there. And all these teams want first round picks, but it does not seem like any of them are going to get one. Maybe Tyreek Evans will get someone a first round or get the Grizzly a first round pick, Um, which is kind of funny if he ends up being (laughs) the one guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who gets a first round pick. Yeah. so I've become a little more optimistic that maybe they'll be able to get something done, even with this kind of like reduced war chest right. that they have. Yeah, it's not like the markets in the past where everybody's got their first rounders and everybody's willing to give up a first rounder for somebody. Like they're just not they're just not there. Right. And the Celtics are even trying to get a first rounder for Marcus Smart so that they can go, you know, use that um, to get Tyreek Evans. And so like these teams, like the picks just aren't there and teams just aren't willing to give up picks like they were in the past. And you know, that definitely favors the thunder because they don't have any, you know, picks to give up here in the next couple of years. And, you know, do you want to give up, you know, your 2024 first rounder? Like what's the, th- what do the thunder look like then? Like, I have no clue. I don't think that they're, I don't think they should be willing to, to give up one that's that far away. But 
Uh, we'll see. Alex, there's a couple other guys. Jonathan Simmons has been like vaguely mentioned. Um, I don't, I think that I would make, put that as a Paul Pierce pooper. He's been playing really well for the magic and he's he had a, really a huge game, game last night. Yeah, he was great. They, the magic beat, uh, LeBron James and the Cavs last night. Uh, and he was amazing. So I, I would be shocked if they did that. Uh, Dwayne Denman for the Hawks is probably a Michael Jordan early retirement. Like he's, it's possible that they deal him and the Thunder have been linked to him. Um, but I don't, he doesn't fill an immediate need like these other guys that we listed. So I didn't want to spend a ton of time on him. Uh, anything else before we go? Uh, I think, oh, I'm going to be in a meeting tomorrow. It was a very <gasps> poorly scheduled meeting. Oh, no. At 10 a.m. my time, I hope that I'm out by 11, which would give me one hour of trade deadline news. But just in case, Andrew, I need you to text me every deal. Okay. And I'd prefer if you only text me the players' names in all caps. Don't tell me any other information. <laughs> That'll just get me really excited. I won't know where they went. <laughs> just uh, the, one player's name, a bunch of exclamation points. That's all I'll need. I can do this. I just want to get all of these updates while I'm in this meeting. It's my phone <laughs> buzzing. <laughs> this is 100% happening. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. you got to follow Alex on Twitter, everybody. At Al Baby Cakes. You can follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Remember, we're doing our trade deadline recap at Anthem Brewing, 7 o'clock. Come a little bit early. We'll be there. Uh, grab a beer and come hang out with us uh, as we talk about the uh, NBA trade deadline. We'll break down all the trades, plus talk about how the Thunder just kicked the Warriors' butt, and it's awesome. So come check us out, 7 o'clock, Thursday night, right after the trade deadline at Anthem Brewing in downtown Oklahoma City. We will talk to you guys then if you're coming, and we'll have that podcast ready for you Friday morning.